Hola, hola. It's your girl, Erica, from America. Welcome to the Confidence Chronicles podcast. This podcast is all about helping you stand in who you are. Stop giving a fuck what people think about you. Start standing as your fully expressed self. As you are, as is, there is no filter needed. You are fucking awesome, and I am here to remind you. I'm a confidence coach, and I'm a bold stand for confidence, and I cannot wait to dig into today's episode with you. Welcome to the pod freaking cast. Oh my goodness. I have so much to tell you. I have been in a writing hole. I don't know if y'all know, but I'm writing my first book and this podcast is inspired by my experience writing this book. And I did a podcast episode about why I'm not doing things I suck at. And really, I'm not a writer. You know, I don't consider myself a writer. And I never saw myself as someone who liked to write. You know, when I was in high school, I loved English. I loved writing the big, uh, what are they called? Like novels and writing big essays. I loved that. And then, I don't know, I just let go of it. And I started speaking and, and, and videoing. And I love that so much. So I just was like, not nah, writing's not for me. So I had been trying to write this book for so long. And I found a ghostwriter. And I talk about this in the podcast about why I'm no longer doing things I suck at, if you want to go have a listen to that one. But basically, what I realized was that I had a lot to say about confidence, and I wanted to share my story, and I wanted to empower other women to know that it's not an easy road. Being confident is not easy. It's fucking hard work, and that's why a lot of us don't want to do it. So... I'm getting ready to to do this and and I found Sarah, my beautiful ghostwriter, and I talk about how, you know, I thought a ghostwriter meant someone writes your book for you and it doesn't mean that. And basically Sarah and I got this beautiful connection, started talking and sharing and going into stories and this book has evolved. What I thought the book was going to be versus what it's turning out to be is ridiculously different in such a beautiful and amazing way. And I remember reading two chapters to my husband recently and him being like, wow, that's so good. Are you going to talk about your story now? And I was like, hmm, okay, what do you mean? He's like, oh, I want to know. You mentioned a few things here and there. I want to know, like, how did this happen? And where did you grow up? And what was your background? And what's your story? And although I was going to insert my story, I wasn't going to do it as soon as he had mentioned. And I wasn't going to do it as deep. And when I sat there and talked to my husband, who knows everything about me, he is the most incredible man in the world. He was just like, babe, you got to talk about it. You got to go there. You got to talk about these things. You got to mention this, find a story that you resonate with, you know, find a story that's going to be a good story for you to go deep into. And so I'm like writing all the bullet points. You know, I've written my story so much in blunt, non-emotional bullet points. And I'm racking my head going, what do I talk about? What is it? Do I talk about my back accident? Do I talk about Gio's death? Do I talk about my childhood and my sexual abuse or my foster home or when I got kidnapped? Like, what the fuck do I talk about? And when you're writing and when you're in this hole, sometimes what happens is, you know, you're too close to attach. So you got to move away. So I would I would I've been locked into this room, this little bedroom that I've been locked in writing. And I'd go outside and jump on the trampoline with the kids and come back. And, you know, that space would give me some time to breathe and to come back to story. And the story that came up for me was when I broke my back. And I went deep into that story, which then led me to the story of my husband passing away, which then led me to thinking about my childhood and 
all of this unraveling of the yarn. And when I tell you that I've done so much work on my past and my trauma, I've really, I've really done the work and I've really went deep into it. And I've, I've sat in dark, ugly, yucky, ego, shadow, nasty spaces. And I know that that is part of the process. But it's very interesting when you feel like something is healed and then you go to revisit it or talk about it again from a space of sharing and from a space of going into the moment. And I had to go into the moment. Of course I did. And so it's not linear. You know, healing is not this thing that you check it off and you go, yep, did that. Already dealt with my daddy issues. Next. And you keep going. You know, I've, I've realized that it's something that will continue to come up for you in different ways and in different formats. So I was saying that, you know, I'm not a good writer. And there I am, you know, sitting in front of my computer, staring at the letters, staring at the keyboard, staring at what we had written and put together. And I started writing. And I, my fingers, I took my nails off. Girl, what? I took off my press-on nails. I've had them on since like COVID began because the nail salons are not open. And I'm like, let me just get up into this. And I literally went into like a vortex of writing. I couldn't hear or see. I didn't know what day, what time it was. I was just writing, like almost channeling through my fingers. And it's really what I do at my live events. When I speak, it comes through me. It's something else coming through me. And I felt that through my fingers and I never felt that before. So if you're out there and you're like, I'm not a good writer, maybe write and then see how you, how you go. Because I definitely wasn't writing. I never wrote. And I think if you're not a good writer, it's probably because you're not writing. And if you sit there and try to write, some shit will happen for you. So I was deep in this story and we got so much incredible content. And I started to go back to my childhood and the things that were important, you know, things that I don't want to talk in this book about shit that doesn't matter. The book is called Confidence Feels Like Shit. And so we're talking in this book about why most women don't reclaim their confidence, don't do the confident things, don't step out of their own fucking bullshit bubble of of nasty beliefs about themselves why women don't back themselves you know why we don't ask for pay rises why we don't go there why we don't put ourselves out there the whole book is basically about how we think we want confidence but if we really understood what confidence was we would know that it's about you dealing with a fuckload of nasty crazy ass emotions that don't feel good and it's not comfortable confidence is not comfortable and so i had to go back to these moments and think when did i you know, experience something where I it, it affected my confidence, it affected my self-worth, my self-belief, all of that stuff. And I started journaling. And I was like, what's my earliest childhood memory? Do I know my earliest childhood memory? And I'm thinking, and my my head is like flashing back to a time where I feel like I was two or three on the stairs of a foster home. But I'm like, was I in a foster home that young? I don't remember. Was it four? Was it five? My timelines are all jambled. And I'm like, wow, I don't know. That's the only part of my life that's really fucking jambled with times and timelines. And this book has helped me put my timeline as my adult years, you know, my 25, 26, 27, 28 years. When I came to Australia, when Gio passed away, all of that, my husband passed away. I'm looking at these timelines, but my childhood is in shambles. And I'm like, man, I wonder if I could ever find my social worker. I remember her name, Doreen. I'm like, Doreen, I wonder if she would know. I wonder if they would have my records. I wonder if they, you know, something. And and listen, I'm not looking for this because I want to pull up trauma. Okay, let me just say that. I'm looking for this 
because I'm interested now in, I'm writing a book. I'm interested in the detective, you know, Sherlock Holmesness of timeline. And when did that happen? What foster home was I in? What year was that? And I think that when we do talk therapy, I think that when we have coaches that we talk to and we have sessions, when we journal, when we write, and when we watch certain movies or certain things, these memories come back to us that once we're forgotten, when we're in that deep unconscious, almost that meditative, that, 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 what's that called when you go to get, um, hypnotherapy, that like hypnotic space when you're in the theta brain waves and you start remembering things. And you start accessing the unconscious, right? The, the dark space. I call it the basement. So I'm in there and I'm thinking and I'm, and I'm like, what's her name? And I started Googling her name and I look for social workers in Framingham and she comes up on Google. She comes up on Google, her first and last name. And I read her last name and instantly it's like, oh, yes, that's her. That's her name. Oh my gosh. Do you think she still works there? I don't know. Now, mind you, it's like 1130 at night, 1130 PM at night. I'm in this upstairs trying to type and write and do all these things. And my brain does not stop. Of course, now I've unraveled her name. And is she still a social worker? I go to the Googles and the map pulls up the department, you know, for, for children and families. And it's like opening in 15 minutes, which it would have been 845 AM in America on a Monday morning. And I'm like, okay, holy shit, should I call? And there's just this crazy, I'm reliving so many moments while I'm doing this going, oh my gosh, what? Like I thought this, I never thought that this would happen. I never thought that I would find my social worker that I would even care to know about my past. I never thought I, I cared about it till I'm writing this book. And so I call they pick up and the front desk says that they are working remotely. The social workers in, you know, in Massachusetts, they're working remotely. And so I can leave her a voicemail and she checks her voicemail. So she'll get back to you. I'm like, cool. She is not going to call Australia. But anyway, <laughs> so I am literally waiting for her voicemail to answer. I don't know what the hell I'm going to say. What the hell am I going to say? Like, hey, Doreen, do you remember me? My last name's not the same. You know, I'm not who I was. Who knows if she'd remember me? She's still there. She's been there for how many years? How many kids? How many cases? So I get her voicemail. And when I tell you, my love, that I time traveled in that moment to my my childhood, I time traveled to being seven years old, calling her. I time traveled to be leaving her messages when I was in trouble at school. I time traveled to different foster homes where I missed my mom so bad. And I wanted to see if my mom could visit or if I could go to the hospital and visit my mom, if she would take me. This woman, Doreen was literally, when I look at it now, she was like an aunt. She like raised me as well. She was in my life from my young childhood until I was 16 years old. And her voice was exactly the same. Oh my gosh. There was a message about COVID because if, if it wasn't a message about COVID, I would have li literally been like, she didn't change her voicemail for 30 years. It was the same voice. And I proceeded to say, hi, it's Erica Sepulveda, which used to be my name, not Kramer. My name's Kramer now because I got married, but it was Erica Sepulveda. Do you remember me? Second street, apartment number two, my mom. I live in Australia. I would love to connect with you. I would love to know more about my past and my childhood. Please email me. I gave her my email and I'm like, I hope you're well. I'm so happy to hear from you, even though I can't hear you. And I hung up 
and I fucking sobbed my eyeballs out. I'm talking tears. I don't even know where these tears came from. I cried and cried and cried and cried and cried. My husband came upstairs like, babe, why are you in bed yet? And I told him and he's like, wow. I'm like, yes, holy shit. What the fuck? I mean, when I tell you that I would have never imagined 37-year-old me picking up the phone, calling my old social worker to ask her about my life because I'm writing my first book and I'm a life coach who helps women around the world change and heal their lives. Like what? So this morning, as I'm recording this on a Friday morning, I got an email back from her. And again, you can imagine the tears were rolling. You can imagine the shock had kicked in. I was, I was, I was shocked. I couldn't believe it. I didn't think she would, she would email me. I didn't think And she said to me, hello, Erica, of course I remember you and your second street apartment number two. It was so wonderful to hear your voicemail message today. I brought a big smile to my face. I always wondered what happened with your life after we lost touch. (laughs) Yes, I would be happy to answer any questions I can for you about your childhood and time spent in foster care. Wow. I can't believe you're all the way in Australia now. I think the last time we may have connected was when you lost your partner whom I believe you had married and I think you were living in Florida at the time. I would also love to see a photo of you now. You will have to fill me in on how your life adventures are. Are you still in contact with your mother? I've been a social worker now for 33 years. I can't wait to hear back from you. (laughs) Crazy. It is crazy. And... It is another layer, another level of cellular healing for me and my timeline and my life. And when I tell you that I have done a lot of work and spent a lot of money healing things, I'm I'm being serious. So for me to be able to find her, to call her, for them to be open, to leave her a voicemail, the synchronicities are insane for her to reply I mean, I was happy just having the experience of seeing her last name on Google to go, that's her name. Yes, that just gave me remembrance. That gave me memory to then listen to her voice was another layer. But to then get the reply from her and have her give me her phone number and say, yes, I'd love to tell you about your childhood and foster care. I mean, hopefully she she remembers and timelines because I... I talk about it a lot, but I can't tell you guys dates and times. I can't put in my book the exact thing. And instead of trying to exaggerate things, I keep it very general with my childhood. And what I remember is crazy enough. I can't even imagine if there's more. And so I'm telling you this because I want you to know that there's no one way to heal, that nothing is ever finished, that you are not done growing and evolving and shifting and healing and changing and forgiving, that you will forever be doing this, that you will forever be growing and evolving and peeling back the layers of yourself even further and deeper. And that that's the way it is. That's how healing is. That it's not this end place you get to this destination that you tick the box and it's finished. And some of you out there, control freaks, don't like that. You want to be like, I'm done. That's it. Cool. Are we finished? Is that finished? Daddy issues are sorted. Cool. I healed my sexual abuse. Done. Cool. No. You're not a robot. You're a human being. You're a soul. You're a spirit. 
And there is so much more to you. There's so much more to these experiences. At 37 years old, I get to reclaim a part of my childhood, many parts of my childhood that were fragmented that I get to bring back. I get to draw her into my experience. I get to share this whole experience with you. And maybe some of you who've already messaged me, by the way, on Instagram and said, oh my gosh, I'm a social worker. And I always think about how my kids are that I helped. And I just like, the fact that she's going to gain something from this to know what I'm doing and who I am and with my life and that I have children and that I'm not a drug addict and that I'm not pregnant 50 times on the side of the street and I'm not homeless because I'm sure that many children with that past and background that I had, that happened to them. And for whatever reason, didn't happen to me. For whatever reason, I'm here doing the work I get to do. I haven't even told y'all about how I pulled up my husband's, you know, death and, and, and rewrote. I did a podcast about losing my husband and I transcribed it. And I had to rewrite in the chapter about that. And just, I, I, I teleported to the past into the waiting room where they told me the news. And I take you with me, the reader, I take you with me in this book to that moment, to the moment I broke my back, to the moment of, of, of Gio passing away. I mean, to all these moments. And they're not in the book just because. I'm not reliving them just because I want to suffer and cry and be in pain or get pity. I don't need that. I'm reliving it because my experience is your experience. We have the same experiences. We have the same feelings. You don't have to have had all the trauma that someone else has had to understand and feel pain or loss or grief or to understand feeling embarrassed or feeling lost or lonely or confused. These are all feelings that all of us experience, all humans. And when we share our story, when we're able to go to those places and bring people in and draw people in with our story, they feel seen and heard. And by them feeling seen and heard, you feel seen and heard and accepted. And it heals collectively it's another level you know and I get it all the time in this podcast like oh thank you so much my mother was also bipolar I was also sexually abused I was my husband also died thank you for sharing that it just gives this healing to everybody that's included and and and, and available for everyone in this and so I I just want to invite you to think about your own healing journey and to think about how much you give it to yourself and how much you you let yourself go to these places, obviously safely, obviously guarded, obviously looking after yourself. I'm not saying go pull up some bad stuff to hurt you, to make you go into a spiral. That's not it. Safe. Do it with a coach or a mentor or a therapist or somebody you trust. Journal. Journaling is the best. If you don't journal, what are you doing? Please pick up a pen and paper, a fucking receipt and just write. What am I holding on to? Who do I need to forgive? How do I feel about this? Do I love myself truly? What will it take for me to care and accept and love myself? What will it take for me to forgive my father? How is my father? How was my childhood? What do I remember the most about so-and-so? Just some prompts to get you going, to get you working through things. And there's never going to be an end. I won't heal everything. I'm not healed air quotes, healed. That's not me. I'm a work in progress. I'm constantly evolving and growing and shifting and changing my mind and proving myself wrong and up-leveling to the next version of who I need to be in that moment. Every moment. I invite you to do the same. 
I love you and I thank you for being here. And I cannot wait to share this book with you. I cannot wait. Stay tuned. Have a beautiful week. My darling, we are in wild times right now. And in order for you to manage your mind and boost your immunity and be level-headed instead of panic, I want to invite you to consider online training, to consider joining a community, a sistership where you are going to be held, where you're going to be supported, where you have a safe space to unravel. And with all this time at home, you can actually better your life and work on yourself. Good news as well, I have now done a 12-month payment plan for the online sisterhood. So many women right now are experiencing trouble with their finances, losing their jobs, being single mothers, not knowing when their next money or paycheck is going to come from. And we are navigating that with our current sisterhood members. We are working with every woman that we can in order to support them in these tough times. And I hear you out there saying, I'd love to join the sisterhood, but I can't afford it. I can't afford six payments. So what I've done is made it a year-long program. It's a year-long program with a year-long payment plan. I really, really want you to consider if this is the time for you to join the sisterhood and work on yourself. It is available to you now. Let's do the damn thing. Thank you so much for listening. I so appreciate your ears, your time, your energy, and your attention. Please do me a favor and head over to Apple iTunes, subscribe so that you don't miss an episode, share this episode with a sister who you know needs to hear it, and if you feel called to, leave me a review. I'd love to know what you think about the podcast. I'd love to know how this information is helping you change your world. Thank you so much for being here. I know that there are many podcasts you could listen to, and I really appreciate you listening to mine. Have a gorgeous week, honey.